0: Life is change, and you can be prepared. This is Sudden Money Insights, hosted by Susan K. Bradley. Financial advisors work with clients in transition every day. But what can you offer that other advisors can't? Become a certified financial transitionist through the Financial Transitionist Institute. We go beyond traditional CFP training to provide you with the tools you need to support your clients on the human side of life's big transitions. Learn more by visiting financialtransitionist.com.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another great conversation with a certified financial transitionist. Today on Money Insights, I get to have a conversation with Diane Pearson, and Diane, like Many of the advisors who might be listening to this went through a big change in how she saw herself in her profession, the kind of clients she wanted to work with. And like many of you, you, she had those thoughts that maybe something else would fit her better, but she actually put a plan together actualize the plan. And now it's Pearson Financial. So Diane Pearson, tell me about this. Tell me what happened, where you were, what changed and why you made this effort to really reinvent yourself in the middle of your career.
0: Well, thanks, first of all, Susan, for having me today. And from the standpoint of change, you're not kidding. And actually, when you and I first had our conversation about two years ago about me starting this designation, you said, well, you're in the middle of a transition yourself. And I hadn't even thought about it from that standpoint. So let's kind of go back in history. Um, I've been in the profession for 33 years. I started as a telemarketer administrative assistant.
1: Wow, Yeah, that's really entry (laughs) level.
0: And this was back in the late 1980s, and I was smiling and dialing, as they say. So I was making phone calls at night trying to bring in clients for who eventually became my business partner. So when he first interviewed me, he said in five, or he didn't say in five years, he said, at some point, I'd like to start my own business. What do you think? I was looking for a job, I was actually, you know, if you think of historically of our industry and being a certified financial planner, really things started to pick up in the, in the eighties. So I was rather new to the industry and what was going on there. So there was a lot I didn't know, but I said, yes, of course I, you know, didn't understand what was involved there, but for the next five years, we worked on building up the clientele, building up revenue. And then we broke off from the firm that we were at and started um, a firm that was focused on money management and clients who had a million dollars or more of investable assets. We were also doing financial planning and during that time frame, I um, obtained my securities license. I became a certified financial planner. and it was all going well, although what I was noticing in the background was that there were clientele that we were turning away um, because they didn't have that million dollars to invest. And so I'm going to say about nine years into the company, we decided to open up a sister firm that would deal with clients with lower net worth. And in this case, the fee that they would pay would be um, co- uh, comparable to somebody who had $300,000 or more. And we, um, we launched that as well. Um, this whole time, though, I just want to preface that we were always fee only which was really, again, pioneering in the industry. That, yeah. wasn't, um, that wasn't a common thing at that point. So um, during this whole time, um, I dropped my securities license. We weren't earning any commissions and it was all good. But I still noticed that on a regular basis, and I'm talking maybe once or twice a week, there were cl- calls that would come in from potential clients who didn't have the 300,000 or didn't have the million and we were turning them away. And where were they going? Um, who were we turning them to? And I actually um, had become familiar with Cheryl Garrett, who, should, who started the Garrett Planning Network at this point. And so we were actually referring clients to that group. And um, But it, it, just, it just got larger and larger as far as the numbers of people that were calling in. And one of the things that I had noted over this time frame was I tended to be the only woman in the room. And what I mean by that is in our industry, it is still predominantly male-based is,
1: Um,
0: and lack of color as well. Um, Lack of females, lack of color. Um, It was primarily white men. And so I'd go to training sessions, I'd go to conferences, and many times I was the only woman in the room, or let's just say there was 5% or less of us at that point. And what we, I was also finding as clients as they were coming in the door, many times it was the husband who was driving the relationship, but he was bringing his wife along and said, if something happened to me, I want to make sure that I've got somebody that my wife can, can relate to. And I think the fact of me being a female gave that comfort level to that wife in that type of relationship. So um, I just always tended to um, be really comfortable with those situations. As that husband did pass away, and it happened on many occasions, um, the the wife of the situation would, you know, she and I would start to work with work together closely. And many times the relationship was quite different. It wasn't as focused on graphs and charts and how much money we're making. It was more focused on where they were in life at that point and helping their families and. Um, being able to plan for their eventual passing and things along those lines. And I just found great pleasure and great satisfaction in helping those women that were going through that. Also, during the same time frame, in one year, we had three couples that came to us and said they wanted to get a divorce. And in the back of our minds, we always thought, well, anybody that can come, any couples that could come together and talk about money because money tends to be that one, aspect that many marriages dissolve upon is because there's, they're not the same vision as far as money goes. Um, and in one year, we had three couples come to us and say, whoa, you know, we're going to split up. And what we realized was we didn't have enough knowledge as far as how to treat them from I don't want to say a legal standpoint, but from a relationship standpoint and making sure that we understood all the legal aspects of going through the divorce and communicating to the clients and things along those lines. So at that point, I obtained my certified divorce financial analyst designation. And again, when the relationships broke, it tended to be that the wife wanted to work with me. Now I'm not saying it was always the case because I had male partners, and there were times that the females wanted to deal with the males, and that was absolutely fine. Um, but I did find that again there was great pleasure, and I I really took the time to understand the emotional aspect of what they were going through, whether it was death or whether it was divorce, and what this money meant to them. Because in many cases, none of them, other than uh, taking care of the day-to-day household bills had a concept of what was going on from an investment standpoint. So,
1: so what happens then is you progressed from real entry-level work um, through to to, to being um, a partner, maybe, were you a partner? Yes, yes. you were a partner, you're a CFP, you have your securities license, then you bump into the reality that divorce is far more complicated than just thinking about how much money somebody needs and who gets what. There's there's a lot. There's the personal side to it as well. So what drove you from there or led you from there to one, open your own firm and become a certified financial transitionist? What was that like?
0: Well, um, actually, just for our listeners' sake, um, you and I became acquainted about 10 years ago, and I had started to, I started the CEFT designation back then. Um, But what I found was that I didn't necessarily have the support of the office to put all of this into play. And I thought, if I'm going to take the time and energy, I want to do this right. So at that point, I stepped away and I didn't move forward with it. And then we reconnected after I um, left and started Pearson. But I just saw that there was a passion for myself. Um, There was a desire and a satisfaction that I got dealing with people that were going through this emotional transition, um, but also to financially um, support them as as they go through this. So, um, I made the decision to walk away from both of those companies at that point and, um, start Pearson, just focus primarily on the fact that I have the expertise to work with women as they're going through a death, a divorce, going into retirement, um, just a major life event that's happening. And, um, There's been no looking back. I have enjoyed every moment as as scary as it was just to break away and go out on my own because prior to this, you know, I had support in every, every way that I wanted.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Now you're the last to go home and the last to get paid. Uh, it's, It's all about you. Do you find that there's a way that you can describe the difference between working with women? in these life events. You mentioned death and divorce and probably retirement, maybe inheritance and all. Are women different than men based on your experience?
0: From the financial standpoint, I am going to say yes. I do find that women are more focused on the protection aspect of money as opposed to the risk aspect of being invested in the market. So from that standpoint, yes. And I'm still, I still have a number of clients who are of that generation that really, again, never had any exposure to money other than paying the weekly bills.
1: Um, Making big life decisions, whether to keep the house or sell the house, move here, um, stop working, get a new job, um, children. Uh, there's lots of shifts and changes that are going on internally. Uh, how do you, do you think women are different? Do they want more information or confidence?
0: They absolutely do. And so there may be a situation and I don't always like to be gender specific because they they, they do tend to fall into to both pockets, but many times um, making that financial decision, now they're doing it on their own. They've never done it before. And there's a lot of fear. And it's one thing for me to put a spreadsheet together or create a plan and a software and hand it to them and say, you're going to be fine. You've got more money than you'll ever need, but that's not enough. Um, Especially when they're going through this type of an event, they really need to um, get their arms around what they're, I need to get my arms around what they're thinking about, how they're feeling um, in order to, present the material in a fashion that they are going to be able to comprehend it and also be able to to work with it. Um, One of the tools that that we have through the Certified Financial Transitionists um, is called a communication preference. And I actually do this with every single client as they come on board because I want them to communicate to me what is most important and how they receive information, how it is best for me to present to them. And this is something I never thought of before um, in in my previous workings. It was, okay, here's our report. Here's what we give you. We didn't deviate. Everything was kind of cookie cutter. You got this report every three months and here's how it went and here's what it looked like. And not everybody absorbs that information the same way. So it was very important for me to find this out. And I haven't had one client yet who has balked at doing the communication preference. They actually really enjoy it. And it helps them to think about how they absorb information.
1: So there's a lot to transitions. And I guess the the communication preference, as you describe it, is good for all clients. They don't have to be in a major life event. but if clients are going through that, shifting or pivoting from the way life was to way it's going to be what are some of the things that fascinate you and that you like to help people with and that besides the rearranging of the of the finances there's that whole personal thing that's going on what's been your experience
0: so i would say one of the most satisfying is helping a client get over a hurdle and they may not even realize that they have that hurdle Mm -hmm. so you had mentioned a little bit earlier about um whether or not to keep the home so whether they're divorced or whether they're a widow and making that decision again i said i can create this spreadsheet and i can show you financially um, what is the right decision to go with But the bottom line decision as far as why to actually sell that house or why to maintain that house um, is a whole lot deeper in many circumstances. Um, There may be people that have moved numerous times and this isn't a big deal to them, but there may be a situation where um, I've had clients who have bought their parents' homes and moved into those and raised their children there. And so now this whole family history is there in that house. Yeah. And for me to financially tell them, it doesn't make sense for you to stay there. That's just not something I can lay out on the table and say, well, you know what? You just can't afford it. (laughs) I can't communicate it that way because it won't be received well. So what do you do? So actually what I try to do is put all of the elements out on the table so that they can view them and they can actually make the decision themselves. It's not, Diane is telling you, you need to sell this house. It's, oh, looking at this, I guess this doesn't always match up really well. Um, What are our other alternatives?
1: So you help them manage competing goals And to think of maybe new possibilities that they hadn't considered? Yes. Okay, we have to sell, but then what?
0: Exactly. Because that's never been on the radar screen. They've had this life. They've grown accustomed to where they are. They know the neighborhood. They know their local grocer, that type of thing. Um, So going outside of that normalcy of their life can be very scary. So so we really have to dig a little bit deeper, understand what their vision is, what their comfort level is, what. um, Oh, there's just so many levels to to take this down to.
1: And it takes time, right? I mean, this isn't just two meetings and you're done. How long do you think it takes people to really go through the adjustment phase? Once you've got everything put back together in terms of the finances. That adaptation, can we call it the passage stage? How long do you think that takes?
0: It depends on the
1: individual, but it can take years.
0: Um, in particular, when it comes to a widow, or it become, or it, when it's dealing with a divorce, because the emotion that goes behind that can actually take a while. Because even when you're going through a divorce, you're actually going through a gr- grieving period as well. Yeah, and. You know because that life that you had grown accustomed to the um the partnership that you had is no longer
1: you also pay attention to what we call long life planning or the the extended aging process does that have transitions built into it or is that all one long transition
0: i'd say there are smaller transitions in involved in a longer transition and um, sometimes it's not just with the client, but it might be with the client's family as a whole and making those decisions. Um, what is the next step for mom or what is the next step for dad? Or, um, you know, again, it's very easy to come up with the financial numbers and see if they work and make them, you know, fit together. But the, the um, mental aspect of making those decisions Um, mom never wanted to go into a nursing home. And now I'm not sure that I, that is, there is any other alternative. Well, maybe there's not, but let's talk about it. Um, and then there's potential, the guilt feeling that goes along with it. If a child has to put a parent into a nursing home and there isn't any other alternatives. So, um, yeah, so we have a separate long life planning group that I'm part of as, um, part of the um, FTI, and it has been very eye-opening for myself because I had not ever focused on this in the past, and when we meet and we talk about the experiences that other members of this group have gone through, I'm, I'm learning a lot uh, from them as well.
1: Yes, yeah, that is the beauty of being part of a, a community that's willing to share their experience and, and, and their work, But it it seems that what you're saying is that in addition to doing all of the mechanical things, the the financial things, and you're not really giving people pie in the sky, you're not creating possibilities that just didn't otherwise exist necessarily. But it sounds like you give people time to process so that they can ease into their new situations and be part of the decision making process rather than victimized by it. So was that work something that you would want to have done? Did you know about that kind of work? Because I think it's really valuable. But back in the late 80s and 90s and early 2000s, when you were in different stages of your career, was that important to you to spend that, that time with people? D- did you know enough to do that back then to, to help them ease into difficult situations is what I'm talking about. I
0: don't believe that I knew enough. I, as far as how to do it or the tools to use to, to get to where we wanted to be. I always believed myself to be a good listener and um, listening is one aspect, but to help somebody to guide somebody through something along these lines was, I, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the background, um, that everybody, it was three months. Here's your report. Here's what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, on, on to the next one. <laughs>
1: You know, I had the same experience starting in the '80s, and and being naturally um, connected to the people I worked with. I wanted the best for them. I wanted to do the best job for them, and I, I too was a listener, but I didn't have process for listening well, and that's why all of this was created. All of the certified financial transition as tools and process and ongoing work, but. Even with all that process and all the training, you have to really want to do it. You have to like people enough to do it. And I think one of the codes that you've cracked is to create a business model that supports it. So I think your, your internal drive sets you apart, but not to the same degree that it sets you apart that internal drive and a business model. So you, you just don't have to wait for a good hair day. This is what you do and you do it over and over and you can be completely available to the individuality of each of your clients. They don't have to conform.
0: You know, I've often heard people make the comment of I've never worked a day in my life because I really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. The past couple of years, it's the first time in my life I've been able to say that.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, it's it's almost like a cliche, isn't it? Until it actually is your reality. Yes.
0: Yes. So I just thought, you know, you just keep plugging along. You wait for that retirement date, whatever community or whatever society tells us that retirement date is. And um, now I have clients say, well, when are you going to retire? Oh, it's not even on the radar screen.
1: Yeah. That's what happens when you love what you do and you get to work with people who need your unique abilities. That's a great combination. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I hope we get to do this more often and talk more about some of the work that, that you're doing. But for now, I um, I really salute you. you. You have made the shift that so many have thought about, but you did it and you do it so beautifully, it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with me and, and the whole FTI group who has um, been so supportive in in my advancement and learning and uh, just every time we have a call, there's something new.